Hello, my friends. This is Chad. You're listening to the Cliff Notes feature of the Naked Leadership Podcast. Every Friday, we post a condensed version of this week's episode. Those of you that have little time to listen or want a quick reminder of the principles we discussed, we made this for you. If you're looking to enjoy the full conversation, just navigate back to the previous episode and you can listen to it in its entirety. Otherwise, get ready because there's a lot here in under five minutes. Let's go. There's a Hebrew definition for soul, and um, Jung was aware of it, the external self, like what people know of me, and there's what I know of myself. And so it eats at the private side of me, the side, and it also eats at the external sense of self, uh, because it det- I detach from those relationships. But internally, I start to undermine, you know, the, the shame undermines my sense of self, my sense of who I am for other people. And what's possible with me, with other people. It eats away at my own sense of identity in the world and of a myself to myself. I read um, Kierkegaard says it's the severing. Shame is the severing. It severs us from others. It severs us from God. It severs us from others. And it severs us from our, our sense of self, of who we are. It's a, an isolation. It produces complete and utter isolation. So much of the conversations we're having in the business context are really around what people want and the vision they have and what's the quality of the conversation they're in about the future. And shame can show up in that. And shame is insidious like that at times, like it actually steals from possibility because I'm still I'm still really hard on myself for not doing what either I could have done or what I'm capable of doing. This is actually what's going on in the context around, especially where the team is stuck and where the conflict is, where there's conflict that's necessary or needed, but people don't show up to it, usually because this is going on in the framework, because it's so personalized. Like the conflict is a, in their mind, and in a lot of our minds, I mean, this is a human thing, is the conflict is an indicator of my own identity. And I haven't been able to make a distinction between my behavior and who I am. Well, in the business context, multiple times with CEOs who have the idea that being a CEO is to have all the answers and then not to have the answer, an awful frightening thing. And then to have somebody on your team come up with not only the answer, but something you never thought of. In that regard, if you're in shame, if you're judging yourself for it, then you're going to be insecure and you're going to actually attack the team member who came up with it because it'll almost feel like they're trying to undermine you. And that might even be the business, the language you put on it when they actually, all they're doing is they're committed to the vision and you've conflated the vision with yourself. But that reaction will then sever you from both the vision and your team. And then on top of that, when that person leaves, then of course, you're going to have to face that. And if you're not willing to get humble, you're going to have even more resentment towards yourself and you're going to lose a lot of confidence. You're going to be very tentative going forward, or you're going to think that you're not a good leader, like you're not made for it or some goofy conversation like that. Kierkegaard talks about this, a form of shame called guilt. He defines shame and guilt. He distinguishes them. Shame, guilt is a form of shame, but it has to do with how I've hurt you and I feel guilty or shameful for what I've done to you. The other form of shame is to protect myself. That's the that's the pernicious side, which is if I don't want you to see who I am, I don't want you to see what I've done, when in fact that would actually help recover me. That would help me recover myself and my stand my it would reconcile my relationship with you if I had an authentic relationship to how I've what I've done to myself or to somebody else. I don't want to micromanage, so I actually don't macromanage either. There's not even sincere conversation. 
that as we walk this path together as a company, our number one job for everyone is to, in a healthy way, scrutinize themselves. Like I'm going to be in an on, be in an ongoing, very present conversation about how am I doing? And especially in this very precious culture we have these days, where any kind of judgment is seen as taking advantage of people or being unfair, blah, 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 any of that. And so like we've talked ourselves out of a core concept behind any kind of transformation, growth, or development, which is actually to have to be willing to see what's not working. We've actually glorified it. It's worse than that. We have given ourselves credit for, quote unquote, not being hard on people. And I'm a people person, which is usually people that tell me that usually tells me they're lying to everybody because there's things that need to be said and uh, must be said in order to fully advocate for someone. But I've given that up. And so now it's just giving people pats on the back, even when what they're doing is destructive to themselves or to the company. Authenticity is the, mo- the most authentic we can be as a human being is to be authentic about our inauthenticity. And so why is that? Well, if I'm ashamed of my inauthenticity, then I won't embrace it. If I don't embrace it, it never gets integrated into my personality and therefore becomes an enemy. It's something that undermines me and I have no control over it because the more I resist it, the more power it has. The more I embrace it, the more it integrates and I can use it. So for instance, if I'm aware of my own criminality, I'm able to connect with and see a criminal coming down the road where and, and I can identify whether they're really open to transform or they're still, they're perping and I'm just another mark. 